This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody. Welcome back. Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network, Monzo and Malusis. Uh, Moose, I'm down here in Florida. Moose, you're up there in the tri-state area. And uh, we talked a lot in the summer how it rained a lot in Saratoga. Apparently, it hasn't stopped, and that's continued all the way to uh, late September in the tri-state area. Yeah, I mean, it's just – I mean, we had like four or five straight days of rain. And, you know, as we're recording this podcast on on a Friday, uh, you know, it's – flooding all over the tri-state area roads are flooded out and everything like that terrible looks when you're looking at uh the subways and LaGuardia airport and everything like that so uh it's a disaster uh my wife just called me basically said I don't know how you're gonna make it down to the city today because uh uh streets and roads are closed uh it's a disaster they're talking about having in the next you know 24 hours or and it started late last night about three or four o'clock in the morning having two to three inches of rain. Brutal. The pictures from Aqueduct, did you see that? How flooded the track was? It was insane. So with that said, uh, we are going to look at the races at Belmont uh, at Aqueduct. And uh, they did move the Saturday card, which we typically go over, to Sunday. So the races that we're going over are, we're slated to run Saturday. They will now run this upcoming Sunday at Belmont. Hopefully uh, drains out a little bit. They're able to take care of the track and, yeah, so there's some issues with the baseball games in New York. So just a lot of action right now, weather-wise, moves in the city. Yeah, it's brutal. I mean, it, it just is. You're in Florida. You don't care. It's beautiful, I'm sure. Oh, I care. I mean, I mean, you care to an extent. But, I mean, you're, it's just another reason why you moved out of the tri-state area. Obviously, you know, it, it's not bothering you. It's not affecting the Monzo life uh, one <laughs> bit. There's other things that affect your life, uh, but this is not one of them. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, my wife, uh, like I just said, like, I'm, I'm worried about my basement getting flooded, uh, worried about a lot of different, it just, it's just nonstop rain. I feel like I'm in Seattle. It's crazy. So yes, the, the card in, in hindsight, we're pony players. So we like playing the races. Uh, I would imagine we're going to have a very, very soft turf course on Sunday when these races get run, uh, at Aqueduct. So, uh, make sure to look out for that. Uh, but no, no racing um, Friday at Aqueduct. No racing on Saturday. I'm sorry, at Belmont at Aqueduct, and all the stake races and a lot of Breeders' Cup prep races have gotten moved to Sunday. So we will go over the graded races on Sunday. Now, keep in mind, like Moose said, these were the Saturday races moved to Sunday. So don't get confused when you're looking at your past performances. Uh, we will go over a handful of races. We will start Moose race three on Saturday. Seven furlongs on the dirt. Six going postward. In the grade to Vosburg, a lot of familiar faces. The two Cohen we've seen many times. Uh, Creative, an up-and-coming uh, runner for Chad Brown. High Oak, who we've talked about in a little bit of a resurgence. Uh, the last couple of races for uh, our friends Mike and Lee. And then, obviously, the one-to-five one, one to five morning line favorite. Yeah. 
uh, your champion, Cody's Wish, who uh, did fizzle out a little bit last out in the Whitney. He goes off at more than five here. Do you see a situation where Cody's Wish easily rebounds? A little bit of a regression. Do you see some of these horses that are running better, Ioka, Creative, maybe having uh, an opportunity to knock Cody's Wish off? How do you see this race playing through? Yeah, I mean, I, I hate the price, but I think he deserves to be one to five. Uh, you know, he's you know two for four at the distance. Obviously, the mile is... Uh, you know, it hits him right between the eyes. You know, he's a horse that really can't stretch out. You saw that in the Whitney, um, where he's odds on and, and lost to White Abario, uh, who ran his eyeballs out that day. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, fourth race off the layoff, they gave him an extended break. Last time it ran was early August. He's been, you know, Mod has been working him out really well. Uh, the workouts have been on point and they've been, you know, really productive August 27th, September 3rd, September 13th, September 23rd. Uh, they're going to use this as, uh, as a prep race for the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile out in Santa Anita. He won that race a year ago um, out at Keeneland, uh, where he was the two-to-one uh, favorite when the gates opened up. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I, I think High Oak can can run second at 12-to-1. Um, you know, had a you know, talk to talk to Lee the other day, and they're excited and, and taking a shot and see exactly what he can do, and and happy to see that the the four year old son of of Gormley is um is healthy once again, and and I thought he ran really really well in the four go. If he got any kind of pace up front that day with Gunite and Elite Power, uh, I think Hayo could have finished uh you know right there at the wire. Didn't um I just don't I think Cody's wish is special. I mean, I just do, and I think everyone does. That's why he's one to five on the morning line. I think the workouts scream that he's ready to run. Obviously, they're they're pointed toward the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. I don't see any reason to go anywhere else. I just don't think anyone else in the race is fast enough. I think you'd have to see a significant step backwards for Cody's wish, and I think you did see that in the Whitney. But I thought I think you saw that in the Whitney because he's not a nine for a long horse. I mean, that's it. I mean, he's just that's. That's just not his game. He, he he doesn't get better with longer distance. He gets worse. So this is seven furlongs. It's not a mile, but still, I think Cody's wish deserved one to five morning line favorite. I'd be stunned if he lost the race. Yeah, I'm going to take a little bit of a shot here with the four accretive. Out of practical joke, love the one turn. Uh, solid, you know, solid runs in 2022. Takes some time off, comes back, picture perfect. Uh, running at Saratoga, comes down here, training well. Uh, was well backed last two out. Um, I think that what this horse is going to do is just go to the lead and, and you know see if anybody can get him at seven furlongs. I don't think we've seen anywhere near the best of this horse. I'm not saying this horse is better than Cody's wish. He's probably not, but I do think on a, in a situation where um, there's not going to be a ton of speed in this race, uh, he'll get the race his way. Um, I don't see you know we all know High Oaks game is coming well off the pace. If you look up and down. Uh, this field, most of these horses come off the pace, two, three lengths, three, four lengths. Uh, even Cody's Wish uh, is a deep closer. So if uh, a creative can get to the lead, um, you know, at nine to two, I, maybe it'll be a little even higher than that. I'm going to take a ch- chance. I think Cody's Wish is your likeliest winner. You know, I think it'd be one of those situations where <laughs> we're watching Cody's Wish pull away down the stretch and he wins for fun. But I'm going to take a shot with the four. I do like High Oak and Cody's Wish as well, clearly. Um, I think High Oaks, you know, I'd love to see High Oak get there. Um, I think it'd be really good for High Oak just to, sit, you know, finish second in this race. I think it'd be a big, um, 
you know, a nice accomplishment after what this horse went through the last year. No doubt. I mean, I, I agree with you at 12 to one on the morning line, but I think everyone's running for second in the race. Uh, I, yeah, I think a creative, uh, a creative is, is very talented for Chad Brown. You ran through it. I need better than a nine to two on the morning line. I do. I mean, you tell me he's six to seven to one and maybe he is when the gates open because I think people are going to run to the to the windows or hop online and make bets, and they're going to bet Cody's with with both hands because I, I think obviously they believe he's kind of a, a lacadini. Uh, I don't, and I'd be surprised if he lost the race. I just I can't I can't bet anybody else at nine to two. I need seven, six, seven, eight to one on your pick in order to think, and and that's taking a shot. And I'm going on the idea that there would be significant regression with Cody's wish, which I just don't think is going to happen. Race five now, Belmont the Big A for Sunday. Keep in mind, this is Sunday uh, running, and that is the Gallant Bloom. Um, another, sh- another, you know, small field, decent field uh, with a very short price. The one Caramel Swirl, even money. We got Sterling Silver, undervalued asset. Begine, Remain Anonymous, and Headland Moose. Um, is this a situation where I just don't? I looked. I, I don't like the I don't bash morning line favorites at all. I mean, as far as who's making the lines, do you think Caramel Swirl is good enough to be even money in the morning line? No, but I think it just shows you the the overall quality of the field. I mean, that's that's it. I mean, it's not a great field. It isn't. I mean, Sterling Silver is you know done a, a you know ran in the ballerina, finished sec uh, sixth, uh, being by Echo Zulu at seven furlongs. You know, this is now cutting back to six and a half furlongs. You know, three for five at Belmont, maybe horse for the course, one for three at the distance. She's five to one. I think maybe you bank on the idea that third va- third start off the layoff, that undervalued asset. Um, you know, a daughter out of Spitestown by Chad Brown and Irad Ortiz, but has run in a couple of grade twos, uh, well, a grade two and a couple of grade threes. Been working okay at getting ready for this race, not, not firing one bullet after another. But you look at Caramel Swirl, um, just faster. I mean, that's it. A five-year-old mare, it's Mott, it's Alvarado, um, you know, is running, you know, a grade ones uh, or a running grade ones, running grade twos, running grade threes, has ran against really quality mares and fillies in her past. I think that's why she's one-to-one. Do I think she's like kind of a, uh, a you know, in a, in a better field that she probably like two-to-one? Probably, yeah. But I don't think this is necessarily all that great of a field. I you know, if you're going to make an argument for Begine, I think you have to go back to a race that she ran last November at Aqueduct, an allowance race in which she fired out a 101 buyer speed figure to make an argument for Begine. Otherwise, you know, her races as of late uh, aren't aren't fast enough. You can't really make an argument for Remain Anonymous. or And I really have a hard time making an argument for Sterling Silver. I think really if you're going to go against Caramel Swirl, I think the only one you're going to go with would be undervalued asset. Uh, one for one at Belmont at Aqueduct, I should say, um, you know, it finished in second at the distance, third start off the layoff, uh, cutting back to six and a half furlongs. Uh, maybe that hits her right between the eyes and you get a little bit of a regression outside of those two. I don't see anywhere else you can go in terms of picking a winner. I can't go to headland either. Yeah, I, I landed under three undervalued asset. Uh, I went with an angle that you like, and that's Chad Brown third off the layoff. Yeah. Um, Makes a lot of sense here. Um, I like horses that are getting better. This horse is getting better. You're seeing the buyer speed figures improving just about, even in small amounts, every race out of Spitestown. We know how fast that horse was. Uh, gets the A rider. 
you know, Charlestown's a, a weird track, so I can I can throw out the loss last out uh, in the Charlestown Oaks. But, you know, I, I think just looking at pace situation, this horse, just like the last race we talked about, uh, you know, I, I know Beguine, Beguine, however you said it uh, before, you know, has shown a lot of speed in the past. But, you know, if undervalued assets, the horse just sitting behind the speed, you know, I ride times that better than anybody. Um, so I think I'm going to take a shot into three to one. I know I rides winning at 20% over 20% right now. It's just, he's on fire. He's doing everything right. Chad's been a little cold, but you know, this horse is one on the track. This horse has a good uh, wet number, as you like to say, um, cause you know, we do expect it on Sunday. Yeah. It's continuously going to rain. It's still going to be a little soft on Sunday. So I think, you know, I'm just surprised how much the price differential is on the morning line between the one and the three. You know, three to one and even money is a big, no, it big is. Disparity. Yeah, but I mean, that's so, to your benefit. I'm going to take a shot with undervalued asset as well. Um, and, but that's to our benefit. You know, Ortiz hops on a, back on a board. I agree with you. You know, throughout the last race, it's a strange track. I mean, it's basically like the bull ring uh, when you yep. look at it. Um, you know, as. I like the cutback, third start off the layoff. Like to have seen her maybe working out a little bit better. Love the work, September 9th, seventh best out of 99, four furlongs at 48. Uh, that's a nice work. Um, and I, I think she she needs to take a step forward. There's no question about it. We're banking on the idea that she is going to get take a step forward. But I think what's going to hurt us when the gates open on Sunday in this is that it's Brown and I ride Ortiz and it's Aqueduct. Belmont at Aqueduct, whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, it's Aqueduct, and that's going to hurt the price of our pick in the race. But I agree with you. Um, I'll take a shot against Caramel Swirl, a small shot with the three to one, the three, um, you know, in the Gallant Bloom, the grade to it at uh, on Sunday. Race six on Sunday, Belmont to the Big A, the Joe Hirsch Turf Classic, which will be really interesting on the turf on Sunday, uh, assuming that they're able to go on what is expected to be, I would say, a yielding turf moose. Um, we've had a lot of success in this race in the past. Big Blue Kitten was a, a winner of this race uh, many years ago now, which is scary how many years ago that was. But uh, if you look up and down uh, the history of this race and see some of the winners, uh, a lot of familiar faces, a lot of uh, really quality horses that have run in New York. Uh, Grand Sonata, Soldier Rising, who I loved last out, just uh, wasn't even close to Bolshoi Bay, who I know you like. Bolshoi race. Ballet. Uh, ballet. Bolshoi Ballet. The mooses. I love that uh, horse. Your own, your own Vader's Stone Age, Adamo, Rebels Romance, your Breeders' Cup winner, Warlike Goddess, so high, pioneering spirit uh, winner last out, astronaut, field of nine going postward, a mile and a half on what we expect to be a yielding turf moose. And um, one thing we talk about, many things we talk about when it comes to New York turf racing is um, they let speed horses go and put up no. Uh, you know, 25, 51, no, no pace up front. If you look up and down this field moose, there is not a horse that needs the lead. So it's going to be interesting to try and handicap this race and diagnose who's going to lead. The outside horse has shown some speed in the past. So high, who's 30, 50 to one on the morning line has shown some speed in the past. More likely goddess has been a little closer. Uh, you know, Astronaut. so when I went up and down this field, yes, yeah, I said the outside horse yeah. Astronaut has shown some, uh, some pace, you know, trying to figure out, you know, how this race is going to go. I think what's going to happen in this race, I'm going to take a guess that <laughs> Warlike Goddess is going to be much closer up. And I think the race is really going to set up for her if she doesn't have uh, money horses behind her and, you know, very few horses in front of her. I, I think that 
Alvarado, they may try some new tactics on her and get a little closer. If you look last out, she was only sitting the length off the lead the entire race, uh, which was unusual for her. And that race had absolutely no pace at all. So I wouldn't be shocked if, if Mox at this point, like, let's get her close to the lead and, and see what she can do up front. The problem, the curious thing is going to be, is she going to be, I mean, because the last race she was very rank riding up front. Joel Rosario, you mentioned the rider switch to Junior Alvarado. That's where I landed. I landed on, I landed on the mayor, the six-year-old uh, from Mott and Alvarado. And think about this. I mean, Mott could have himself a Sunday um, out in Queens um, with Cody's Wish, with Caramel Swirl. If Warlike Goddess in the first three state races are able to come through, he could go three for three. We'll see if that indeed does play out. I know we went against him in the second race, the Gallant Bloom, where the sec- second stake race, the grade, uh, grade two event uh, on Sunday. Uh, but I like Warlike Goddess. I actually think it's a positive maybe going from Rosario to Alvarado, um, even though, you know, Joel can drive you crazy. Alvarado, there's limitations to him as a jockey. He's not as strong as a finisher as Joel Rosario. Uh, but I'm going to I'm gonna go on the idea that um, you're going to might get a little bit better of a price on her as well on Sunday. Um, you know, likes the course, obviously unbelievable at the distance. Uh, doesn't mind if there's a, a, you know, if it's not firm, has run well on good turf courses. I would imagine Sunday with all the rain that we've gotten here in the tri-state area, that's going to be more of a yielding course than anything else. So um, I'm with you. Um, I, I mean, that's my pick. I went with the six Warlike Goddess. Yeah, I, I think what's going to help us, both of us are on Warlike Goddess price-wise, is I think Soldier Rising is going to get bet off a really good performance last out. Um, you know, it was was – much higher in the morning line last out ended up going off at about two and a half to one five to one here i think three to one's a little closer so i think some of that money right rise on warlike goddess who let's be honest you know it's not the same horse she was a year ago well the, the, and the uh, money i mean listen let's be honest the money is going to roll in on rebels romance the five right. nine to five charlie appleby william buick i mean and and didn't get a fair run of it in the bowling green clipped heels lost um rider that day which was richard mullen uh, we've talked about it before on this podcast. When you see Appleby, you see Godolphin, and you see Buick making the, you know, he's not going out there to get uh, some good pizza over in Queens. He's there to win a race. I mean, that's that's it. And when William Buick hops on a plane, uh, arguably you might say that, you know, give all factors in terms of uh, pace, finish, uh, understanding where he needs to put his horse. I mean, he might be uh, the best jockey in the world when you look at William Buick. So when he comes over from Europe to ride for Charlie Appleby, uh, Rebels Romance is the one that's going to get bet and going to get pounded. And that's where the race goes through uh, for Appleby and Godolphin. And that being said, though, I mean, that's a horse that likes to come well off the pace. Yeah. So if this is a, a paceless race, um, you know, it certainly bodes against its chances. Now, look, we've seen these zeros come here in the last 100 yards. It doesn't matter the pace. And they just absolutely steamroll some of these horses because they have that late turn of foot. But I agree with you. I think the money is going to pour in there. makes a lot of sense. I'm on the six as well. Um, I like the two soldier rising who ran really well last out. Um, and I think we'll also appreciate a yielding turf. If you look at some of his performances in the past, a couple of his, his, his you know, wins a horse that's four for 19, a money burn a little bit, you know, a couple of his wins or best performances have actually come on a softer turf. So this should benefit him as well a uh, good race though moose i like you know if you look up and down this you can make an argument for pioneering spirit to get into the money you know a little, maybe astronauts a little bit of cheap speed but it's certainly a horse that you know is going to be you know on the lead and has you know won a grade two event has won multiple graded races so 
a good race here in the Joe Hirsch. Yeah, good race. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think Soldier Rising's interesting at five to one on the morning line. Um, yeah, you know, a little bit perturbed by the race in the Sword Dancer. I mean, it was just and and you loved him that day, and and he went off at five to two. I think Stone Age is the one that could improve as well. I mean, Stone Age was really well thought of when he was being trained by Aiden O'Brien and had run in some really, you know, had run in some really impressive stake races uh, over in Europe. I mean, it's a horse that, you know, was seven to two in the Epson Derby, uh, you know, a couple of Junes ago. I mean, that tells you about the class of of Stone Age now, obviously being trained stateside, Chad Brown, Irad Ortiz, the change from Pratt to Ortiz. Stone Age is an interesting one to me. If you're looking at somebody outside of the top two at six to one on the morning line, that I think is a little sneaky in this race. And someone that you have to, if you're going to be playing multi-race exotics, Stone Age is one that I think you got to use. Because I don't think his, the way he ran in the Sword Dancer is indicative of the talent of the four-year-old son of Galileo. Um, I would not be surprised if he really, like if we're talking Sunday Night Mons and Stone Age ends up winning this race, like that would not be stunning to me. No, that's good stuff. Uh, um, I was just thinking about. <laughs> I was already, already, I was already thinking about the next race because I was getting irked about something. You tuned me out. About, no, I wasn't. So I was thinking about so race seven, uh, the last race we're going to go over here is the Grade Two Woodward, and well, this is top of the back, stretch. Top of the stretch. This is a and this is a great betting race. If you look up and down, there's no super short favorite, and the favorite in this race is Zandon, who you know hasn't won a race you know, since April of last year. So it's a great betting opportunity. I think, I think there's a price to be had, but I was just thinking about as you were wrapping up your uh, analysis there on the one charge it, uh, his performance in the Whitney, where I was very adamant that I thought the source was going to go to the lead um, and, you know, spin those wheels and get to the finish line. And as soon as I saw them break and Johnny V was sitting two or three lengths off, that's one of those races where, you know, like 12 seconds in, you have no chance. Yeah, that's it. So it's nothing worse than that. Uh, when it comes to racing, I think this horse, and we're going to talk about this race right now. I think Charge It, you know, has a good chance to win this race, but I think his best bet, especially drawing the rail, is going to the lead. I think that's where he's done his best running. And, you know, whether it be a bad break, whether it be clipping heels, whether it be uh, mind games or whatever, you know, they kind of refuse to give this horse an opportunity to do what he does best consistently. And that drives me crazy. Uh, the two is Law Professor, Algiers is three, Zandon, two to one on the morning line is your favorite. Uh, there's the four, Pipeline. Costa Terra Unojo, who I'm definitely saying that one incorrectly. Uh, Tyson, 5-1 to one on the morning line. O'Connor, of course, that Moose has liked in the past, 8-1 to one on the morning line. And Filmstar, 12-1 to one on the morning line, a speed horse for Linda Rice Moose. Uh, good field. Uh, where'd you land here? Yeah, I mean, I went back and forth. I mean, I'm not as I, – I don't love Charge It as much as you do, um, you know, in the past. And, and I, you know, I, I think – I think off the extended break, I think law professor is kind of interesting. Um, I was between two horses. I was between Algiers, the three at six to one on the morning line, just for kind of a new face. You know, you're talking about a horse that ran in the, you know, Dubai world cup, um, you know, is, is run in, in big stake races, big group races over in Maidan. Don't know if, you know, don't know how he would handle the off track. Find it interesting though, that Simon Christopher brings him. Uh, here stateside. Algiers to me is interesting. I went back to an oldie but goodie of ours. I went back to the four Zandon. Um, you know, the the switch back over from Jose Ortiz over to Flavion Pratt. You know, been chasing this horse since the Derby and the loss to Rich Strike and, and Epicenter. And honestly, is not, 
you know, has not won a race. Think about this. Zandon has not won a race since the bluegrass in April of 22. It's finished second a lot. You know, second in the Pennsylvania Derby, fourth in the Cigar Mile, second in the Westchester, second in the Metro Met Mile, second in the Woodward, uh, or in the Whitney, I should say. Uh, it's finished second a lot. I think maybe Sunday is Zandon's day. I'm going to take a shot at two to one on the morning line and hope to get a little bit better of a price uh, than two to one. But um, yeah, that's where I landed here uh, in the uh, the Grade Two Woodward. Now, let's be honest. You thought Zandon was home in the Kentucky Derby. Oh, dude. I still have flashbacks <laughs> sitting there watching that race in the kitchen. And uh, my kids are all there. We're all on, we're all rooting for Zandon. And you hear the call by Larry Colmus up on the outside and see uh, the crack of the whip by Flavion Pratt with the left hand. I'm like, oh my God. Because he, I mean, he closed like an absolute locomotive in the bluegrass and looked like when, I mean, he looked like $5 million when he stepped on the track that day. Uh, and thought we were home and could not believe basically like, you know, he hung like a porn star in the, in the stretch. I mean, it was just couldn't, couldn't get past epicenter and then up couldn't the get past epicenter back. and you were all over epicenter. And then I thought you were home. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to have to hear from Monzo all night long. And then on the inside, here comes rich strike. <laughs> uh, good memories. Love this game. Uh, I do like Xander in this race. He's not my top pick. I, don't like charge it. I'm gonna throw them out, which you know maybe I'll live to regret that. The horse, this is my best bet of the day, by the way. The four horse, the four races we've gone over, I absolutely love the outside horse, the ten film star, uh, Jose Ortiz, who I think is the best uh, rider, um, especially on the lead on the dirt. You know, everybody syncs Irad up with the turf, right? That's kind of Irad turf. Chad Brown, I think Jose on the dirt is is money, and I think he's got a horse with a lot of speed. He's got a horse that, you know, certainly has to get a little better running against graded horses here, horses that have won graded races, big-time horses like Xandon and Charge It. Um, but I think, you know, breaking from the outside, uh, he's run well at this track. His wet number is very solid. He's run well on wet tracks. Eight for nine hitting the board this year, including three wins. Uh, Linda Rice, we talked all summer about how great she's been. You're getting a big price at 10 to 1. Uh, I love the workout too. back, came back, ran out, get worked out again late in August. Um, it just makes a lot. I think to me, at, at, I'm sorry, 12 to one. I thought it was 10 to one, 10 horse running at 12 to one uh, out of flatter. Just to me is just a, a gamer and yeah. has gotten better. And I love lone speed, whether it be the, tur- the turf or the dirt. I think he's so, going to get uh, challenged by Un Ojo on the front end. Good. He could, but I, I love the outside, and I think Jose can control Especially it. Especially with Trevor um, McCarthy aboard. It was terrible. Yeah, well, <laughs> does, does any jockey get more abuse from social media? No, Trevor, <laughs> but he's awful. He's terrible. You want to burn money? Bet Trevor McCarthy. Watch him win the race. <laughs> Uno show. At yeah, Uno. Right. Watch Uno-ho. him win the race. Right. Coming, running down the, the finish line, giving the middle finger to Malusis. Um, yeah, I could see that. I like Listen, that. I, I get okay. everything that you're saying. Linda Rice had an unbelievable Saratoga I mean, and had an unbelievable spring at Belmont. And she's looking to continue that now at Belmont at Aqueduct. That's fair. I can understand you. Like, I'd use Film Star underneath. I'd use O'Connor underneath. Um, I'm, and I would use the three Algiers underneath. I'm going to – and Law Professor. Those will be the four that I'll use underneath. I think Z- it's going to be Zandon's day on Sunday now uh, in the Woodward. My goal is I'm going to try and get charge it the hell out of the money. That's what I'm going yeah, to try. Yeah, I'm do. with you. 
No, I'm the same way. Um, I, I, I just, you know, it's just inconsistent with that horse. And he's either really great or not good at all. And I think right now he's in a phase where he's not good at all. Watch him win. Uh, anyway, uh, best bet four races we've done. Who do you like? My best rider just said is Film Star, the, uh, the the ten horse in the Woodward. Um, I can't make. I mean, I can't make Sandon. My, I'm I'm gonna go to the turf race. I like. I my best bet is the six Warlike Goddess. I think it's gonna be our day. I think the switch from Rosario to Alvarado loves the distance. Uh, the soft nature of the turf course won't hurt her as well. Um, and I think. The way she ran in the Glens Falls, the grade two event up at Saratoga in early August, sets her up nicely for this race. So I'm going to go with uh, a horse you and I both love, Warlike Goddess, uh, in the turf stake race Sunday uh, out in Queens. All right, Moose, another week, and we are just over a month away from the Breeders' Cup. So I can't wait. And we're going to have, like, go bonanza on the Breeders' Cup. Like, I was just thinking about it. Like, I, I can't wait. Breeders' Cup Friday, Breeders' Cup Saturday. Even though they're running the the classic in the middle of the day for TV purposes, which makes little to no sense, but still, it is what it is. I love the Breeders' Cup. I can't wait. Moose, we will talk next week. Uh, thanks for everybody listening. Make sure you go on and subscribe. Betting the Ponies. This is part of the Bet Rivers Network. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network.